Hello and welcome to episode 109 of My Circus, My Monkeys. We often talk about Maslow's hierarchy in terms of our students. We ask ourselves, are they getting what they need at home and on campus? And why do we do this? Because we know that if their needs at the bottom of that pyramid aren't being met, they're going to have a really tough time succeeding at our institution. Well, today, we're going to flip that and talk about whether you're getting your needs met. Why? Because we tend to forget that the frameworks we use to support students also applies to us and our teams. If you're not getting your needs met, the chances of you being able to effectively support your team and your students is absolutely going to be compromised. So keep listening. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. Last week, Alicia and I were at Mokaney's annual conference. For those of you not in the know, Mokaney is the Missouri-Kansas-Nebraska chapter of the Educational Opportunity Association, the EOA. So we had the privilege of hobnobbing with lots of trio and gear up folks. On Thursday, the breakfast plenary speaker hit on a few theoretical frameworks, including Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Alicia and I were doing a session that afternoon on Gallup's engagement hierarchy. So I was already in the mindset of thinking about the needs of professional staff members. I started thinking about how Maslow and the Q12 overlap. And as he was talking about it in relation to students and their development, I naturally started thinking about how this applies to y'all. Before I dive into that, let's do a quick refresher for you on the hierarchy itself. You know, just in case it's been a while since grad school. Maslow's hierarchy hinges on the idea that there are five tiers of human needs, and each tier builds on the previous ones. The lower four levels consists of what he calls deficiency needs. Those are divided into basic and psychological needs. The top level is known as growth or self-fulfillment needs. Per Maslow's theory, the needs at the bottom levels of the hierarchy have to be filled or satisfied before you can move up to the next level. Now, Maslow clarified that all the needs of these levels don't have to be 100% satisfied to move up to the next level of needs. But as we go through them, I'm sure you'll see how the lower levels form the foundation for those higher level needs. The bottom level focuses on physiological needs like breathing, so air, food, water, shelter, clothing, and sleep. Now, we often worry about students who are homeless, can't afford food. We set up emergency housing and food banks on campus to help get them what they need. When students aren't getting enough sleep, we talk to them about how important that is. We tell them how not getting enough sleep 
is going to negatively impact their grades and their overall well-being. You probably felt a bit of how this plays out when your meetings start to encroach on lunchtime and the hangries take over. Now, of course, you most likely have access to food, but not being able to consume it at appropriate times can be extremely distracting and absolutely impact how you show up at that meeting. Physiological needs are the absolute minimum required for us to be successful at anything else in our lives. The next level up is safety and security. So we're talking about your health, employment, property, family, and social ability. We encourage sick students, whether physically or mentally, to go to the doctor and take care of themselves. Why? Because we know sick students aren't going to do as well in school as healthy ones. Folks need money to survive. Think back to level one. So employment is typically necessary unless you've won the lottery or inherited a vast fortune. As far as property goes, you certainly don't need to own vast tracts of land, but you do need to be able to afford the things that you need to be successful, like maybe a computer, reliable transportation, etc. The next level is love and belonging. Do you have friends, family, intimacy, and a sense of connection? We know that students who have strong connections with other folks on campus, with students, staff, and faculty, are more likely to stay and thrive. How many times have you met with students whose parents are pressuring them to pursue a career they don't really want to do? That sense of love and belonging is so strong that they often defer to their parents' wishes because they think their parents won't love or accept them. Yes, of course, there's often a financial component as well, see safety and security needs, but that sense of belonging and love is so crucial. The next level is self-esteem. So we're talking about things like confidence, achievement, respect of others, and being a unique individual. When we think about a student's higher ed experience, we typically think that this is the time for students to find their own identity apart from their parents. This is when they're developing the skills and knowledge that they need to grow in their own competency and become their own person. They need these needs met to do that. Then finally, at the tippy top of the pyramid is self-actualization. This is where we switch from deficiency needs to growth needs. Again, the lower four levels are the needs people have to satisfy to some degree to move to the next level. At this level, we're talking about things like morality, creativity, spontaneity, acceptance, experiencing purpose, meaning, and inner potential. Basically, once you have a strong foundation for meeting your needs in the lower four levels, you can focus on becoming all you can be. And as we go through our lives, different experiences may move us up or down this hierarchy. When we move down, we have to refocus on meeting the needs at that level for us to move back up again. For example, if you lose your job, your sense of safety and security is probably going to be negatively impacted until you find new employment. Or if you have a big failure that wounds your self-esteem, you need to make sure you have more opportunities to regain that confidence before you can work your way back up. It's not a straight linear progression up the pyramid because life is filled with changes. But when lower level needs are suddenly left unfulfilled, it means that there's a gap in that need that needs to be filled before you can focus on upper level tiers again. And again, we so often think of the importance of this for our students, but what about for you and your team? Alicia and I talked to many supervisors working in higher ed. 
I'm also in a Facebook group for folks thinking about leaving higher ed. That is a very negative space. And as someone with positivity in their top 10, I can't spend too much time there. But between our conversations and what's posted online, I know that there's a lot of you struggling. Specifically, struggling to meet the needs as outlined by Maslow. But because we're all growed up, we think that these things are just work problems. And work may very well be the catalyst for this, but at its core, these are really needs issues. And the problem with that is the more needs you don't have filled, the less energy you have to serve your students or anyone else in your life. So I want you to think about how the stressors and struggles you're feeling are impacting getting your foundational needs met. Here's a few things to think about as you decide where you're showing up on Maslow's hierarchy. If you're listening to this, you're still breathing. But when you're stressed, that breathing tends to be shallow, which keeps you stuck in fight or flight, aka your sympathetic nervous system. That means your parasympathetic nervous system can't get online to allow you to properly rest and digest. And that means you're not letting your immune system and other basic biological functions activate to allow you to show up as your best. Are you getting enough sleep? Or are you so exhausted and stressed from work and possibly trying to keep things together at home that you don't get nearly enough? Sleep is foundational for humans of every age, and it absolutely impacts your ability to show up at your best. Now, I'm going to assume that you can afford food in general, but what is the quality of that food? Are you nourishing your body or are you so rushed and or exhausted that you don't have the time or energy to eat things that are healthy? Or maybe, You're so stressed and rushed, you don't feel like you have time to stop and eat at all. How's your overall health? And I don't mean whether or not you feel sick right now. There's a huge difference between not being sick and being well. I've talked to way too many folks who have chronic illnesses or who just don't have the time or energy to do the things necessary to keep them in good health. I've even talked with some folks who have had things like shingles or strep throat multiple times in one year. And that's because their health has been compromised from all the stress. I'll wager, pun intended, that while some of you are employed, it isn't actually fulfilling your safety and security needs because you have to work another job just to make ends meet. Or maybe you don't have to work multiple jobs, but you do constantly feel like you're on the verge of losing this one. Now, that could be because everyone keeps talking about how terrible enrollment or retention is. Maybe there's been talk of downsizing. But does all this fear make you feel like you can't set healthy boundaries or say no because you might lose your job? That's impacting your safety and security needs. I know most of you have family and friends. But is your need for love and belonging being met if you have to work so many hours that you have zero time or energy to spend with them? Or maybe you've moved for your job. Do you have time and energy to make new friends or find a partner? You can technically have friends or family, but if you never get to see them, it's hard to feel that necessary sense of connection. How confident do you feel at work? If you're being given unreasonable amounts of work, or or are caught up in a culture that says it's not okay to have healthy boundaries, 
you might very well feel like you're not very confident in your abilities to do your job well. We hear from countless supervisors who question whether or not they're up to the task, even though they get little training or support. My sister, who also works in higher ed, went from getting great annual reviews to needs improvement because they had to downside and her choices were to leave or to do two people's jobs. Even though you know on some level that you're being asked to do the impossible, it can still negatively impact your self of confidence and competence. If you're constantly juggling endless amounts of work, do you feel a sense of achievement? Or do you feel like you're barely holding your head above water? And finally, are you showing up as the unique individual you are at work? Can you focus on the things that you do well and be your authentic self? Or do you feel like you have to be everything to everyone? Maybe your thoughts and opinions don't seem to matter. Or maybe you work in a culture that thrives on politics and fear, so you don't dare bring your authentic self or your ideas to the table. Now, these are just a few questions that you can use to help gauge where you are on this hierarchy. And I'm sure you can think of a lot more questions and examples from your own life to identify the gaps that desperately need to be filled. I'm guessing that for many of you, the answers are going to be a bit of a bummer. But I think we need to realistically take stock of where we are, but I think we need to realistically take stop of stock of where we are in order to see what we're not getting and how that's impacting our lives. I didn't want this to be a long episode, but I did want to get you thinking about your needs. You know how important all of these are for student success. Why wouldn't they be just as important for your success and for your team? And if your job is to support students, what's the cost to their success when you ignore the foundational pieces of your own well-being and wholeness? If your needs aren't being met, it makes an awfully weak foundation for anything you do. But the point of this episode is not to dwell on the negative. The much more important question is now that you know, what are you going to do to change things? How will you change your systems and habits to ensure your needs are being met? Are your talents showing up for you in ways that help get those needs met or get in your way? How can you reframe and refocus those talents to fill those gaps? When your confidence has been shaken and or your stress levels keep you in fight or flight, it's easy to fall into a sense of learned helplessness. Too many people just keep pushing through thinking it is what it is or slightly more opti optimistically, hopefully things will change soon. But you can start making small changes now that will absolutely have a profound change in your energy and in bridging some of these need gaps. As you're reflecting on all of this, start by identifying one need that isn't being met in a substantial way. Then find one way to start to close that gap. We like to say, go big or go home in our society, but that takes way too much energy. And as we've talked about before, that's not even how we're wired to operate as humans. So start small and be consistent. The important thing is to keep moving forward because you deserve to have your needs met too. You need to have your needs met or everything you're trying to accomplish will be significantly less than what the authentic, self-actualized version of you 
could do. We have shifted to summer mode at Strengths University. The Summer Institute is in full swing. So now we're focusing on helping teams get the training and motivation they need for the upcoming academic year. If you're looking for ways to upgrade your team and your training, we can help. We can guide you in integrating more Clifton Strengths into your training, or we can do that training for you. We're already scheduling live and virtual workshops for folks in June, July, and August. So contact us ASAP at anne, at strengthsuniversity.org to make sure you get on our calendar. And until next time, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.